What is up, listener? This is episode 45, part 2, the Rocks episode. This is the second part with my conversation with uh, Rafael Arroyo, a.k.a. Rocks. And I just want to give you a quick intro because the second part, we just like get right into it. So I don't want to catch you guys off guard or anything, but I uh, hope you enjoy it. So we're, I want to get into the rock system right now, mm-hmm. but I want to go back to 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 where we're talking about that a lot of Mexican players aren't getting the exposure, aren't getting the opportunity, stuff like that. So and I, and I know we talked before, you know, before we came came here, and I thought I was gonna ask you a question. That my dad always, you know, oh, we yeah, always yeah. go at it, right? <laughs> so my my dad my dad played baseball uh, as a kid. Uh, he played out there in Zacatecas. So he came out when he came out of here, played in the Sunday League. He's a Sunday League, you know, legend, whatever the case may be, whatever. Um, one thing when I started this podcast, he told me, I want you to talk about Mexican players. Mm-hmm. I said, look, that I can't be just right. I mean, I'm a Mexican American, I'm Costa Rican American, whatever the case may be, but I can't just talk about Mexican baseball. It's about baseball in LA and everybody plays baseball in LA. Uh, but he says, yeah, but what I don't like is in the Mexican leagues and he's not just talking about baseball and any sport in Mexico, you got too many foreign players. And those foreign players are taking away the opportunities from the Mexican players. And I always go at it. It's like, well, that is like a business. Everything's a business at that level. Just like MLB. I said, how many foreign players do we have in MLB? It's a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they got to give more opportunities to Mexican players in the Mexican leagues. You know, he goes, you know, goes, we're going to have the Serie del Caribe coming up on that Mexican roster. How many Mexicans are on that roster? Mm-hmm. I said, I mean, that, I mean, really, I mean, come on, man, you can't, we can't get into that. You can't get into that. <laughs> Representing Mexico no matter what, right, or whatever. I mean, it's like if Urias is playing with the Dodgers. I mean, so I want, I want, I want to know, I mean, I want to know your take on that. Like, uh, do you feel there's too many foreigners in the Mexican leagues or do you think, no, you got to give an opportunity to everybody and, or do Mexican players just need to step it up more? Or is it, and then I, I tell me that, and economically, the, the, the situation in Mexico is not that good. A lot of the parents can't afford to send their kids to go play, and they don't have the time to go play, or sometimes they come from a broken home as well, just like here. Mm-hmm. So I, I, want, I want your take on that. That's and what you, what you think, is you, you've been out there, you know how it is. So, you know, I want to, just give me a take on that so I can just. Hopefully my dad's listening. <laughs> he can just, you know, we shut up about it already. All right, man. Well, don't get mad at me, but okay. Uh, that's a tough question, bro. Because right. because now that I'm on, you could say I'm on the ownership side or like the staff, right. the, the the baseball side You're of it, the, the business. Side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I see their point of view, okay. but I also see the player. I'm a player at heart. I'm right. always going to be a player. I'm always going to fight for the player, no matter who the owner is, or no matter you know mm-hmm. whatever. Um. So the reason why Fernando Valenzuela bought the Tigres at Quintana Roo and that opportunity came up and he told us this in November, he said was to give the Mexican baseball player more of an opportunity. 
an opportunity to either have a formidable Mexican baseball career mm-hmm. or to play in Japan or to play in the States gotcha. or wherever. Right. Um, that's a tough question too, because if, you know, I see it on, on the ownership side, but also see on the player side. Right. And as I said, I'm a player at heart mm-hmm. as a player. Yeah. It probably irks you a little bit to, to see Colombians coming in and Cubans coming in and now Americans, a lot more Americans have been coming into those leagues that right. before wasn't because of the fear that Mexico was dangerous. Got you. So a Cuban that defected is no big deal to go to Mexico. It's a step up right. because of the situation in Cuba. Um, and the opportunities mm-hmm. now now that Americans are coming and you have Colombians coming and you have Cubans coming and now Dominicans coming and now Venezuelans coming into Mexico it's tough man yeah and and so one of two things is it unfair yes but is it unfair well then the Mexican player has to step his game up to compete with these guys um, and again from a winning standpoint ownership or teams they just want to win gotcha. because winning is business and winning is money right from a team that wants to develop if their philosophy is to say you know what i'll take my two three imports uh mm-hmm. and then but i want my mexican guys mm-hmm. that's probably the team you want to play for if you're a mexican born player right so it just depends on the philosophy of the team but i do see the trend as there's a lot more mexican players that are taking the second you know playing second fiddle because they are getting former big leaguers you know dominicans and all gotcha. that the one thing I will say that, that your dad is right about is that there's a lot more, but there's some corruption going on because they're making, um, some organizations are making Cubans Mexican nationals. So now they're playing as Mexicans. So right. then, it, like his in point with uh, the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Randy, yeah. Randy Arosarena. Yeah. But he, he, you know, he, he defected from Cuba mm-hmm. and he has family in Mexico. He married a Mexican woman or, or he's with one or he has a kid that was born in Mexico. Right, but then there's other cases where they come in, they make them Mexican technically, so mm. they play as Mexican. So mm. that's one Cuban, but it's Mexican. Then you get a Dominican. Oh, he's Mexican too. Well, how's he Mexican? Or you get, you know, right. there's some American guys now that go down and say, oh, he's Mexican. No, he's not. He's American, but they find a way to give him the Mexican passport. They'll, the they'll, Me- they'll change the policies. Well, they you know they pay people to to change it. You know, so and and that's you know, and I don't want to speak ill of anybody or any organization, mm-hmm. um, but those things do happen, and I think it just comes to a point now where it happened too too much, too often. Now yeah. that we have to address that issue, right? So now we have to get back to the original rule, saying if you're not a Mexican-born player, right, then you have to use this guy on the roster as an import, regardless. I see. You know what I'm saying? I see. So so I could let's just say I get all the Dodgers roster. Mm-hmm. Kershaw is Mexican. Why? Because uh, he married a Mexican girl, but he didn't marry a Mexican girl. But that's the paperwork that they presented to make him a Mexican. Wow. Walker Bueller's Mexican. Uh, Will Smith's Mexican. So that's three imports that you don't use as imports, but you're using as Mexican because right. you're able to tweak those papers. Gotcha. So so on that side, yeah, that I think that needs to be checked. I think in, it it just you know for other organizations that don't have the luxury to spend that kind of money to make people Mexican. Um. But I also think the Mexican player uh, shouldn't kind of should use that as motivation and not as like, you know, being right. pissed off and, and that. Yeah. And, I, and, and the thing, too, I told my dad is like, okay, dad, so what do you want the lead to do? Do you want the lead to say it's just Mexicans and foreigners are not welcome? I said, what, what, how's that going to make Mexico look? Yeah. Not just as a league. Yeah, you can't do that either. Right. I, it's, it's, just as a league, what is that going to, I mean, what is that going to speak of, of, of our culture and things mm-hmm. like that? You know, not just but as a league, but as a country or as 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 a people, as you know. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, you no, can't do that. No, so. you can't. And and the other thing too, uh, the the positive of bringing guys, bringing a lot of Cubans, Venezuelans, Dominicans into that league is mm-hmm. that it 
the level of baseball goes up. Right. Right. So let's say, you know, you bring in a guy like Puig, you bring in a guy like Randy Rosarena, mm-hmm. you bring in uh, Henderson Alvarez, you bring in, you know, former big leaguers that, that, that are probably good enough to play in the big leagues, but they send them to triple A. Right. So I'd go, I'd much rather go make some money in Mexico instead of waiting for that phone call right. to get to the big leagues. Yeah. So the level of, of baseball, the brand of baseball does get better, but it does inhibit some Mexicans. But again, it's competition. But that happens here too. Though. Yeah, that happens here too. So, I mean, yeah. um, like, I, you know, you know, you'll have, you'll have a kid that's born here, you know, has the talent, works hard, stuff like that. But if there's a foreign player that just making it happen. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That, that's the nature of the beast, man. And a couple of years ago, they called the the, the Toros de, de Tijuana the Pocho Toros because everybody was like, the roster was like non-Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> but, you yeah. know, the rule says that, you know, if, if you're born here in the States, but your parents are Mexican or your right. grandparents are Mexican, they can make you a Mexican. That's the, the rule. So. And, and, and not just what the baseball is, but I'm about like citizenship-wise. Right. You get dual citizenship. Yeah, right yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah. It's... So if they want to change it, then they would have to change the rules. And, they have to and then they have to check the corruption. Got you. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you both of you guys are right. Yeah, yeah. or at least for me, right. I, I could defend your dad, but I could also defend you in the sense of like it's a business. And and don't get me wrong, he's he's like full blooded Mexican. Yeah, you know, straight from the rancho. Yeah, and you know he's old school, you know. But I mean, I know we we talk about it here and then, and he sees my point, I see his point. Mm-hmm. But I think if just hearing it from you, yeah, you know, you grew up here, you're Mexican American, you're born here. But then now you're going back to Mexico and you're part of the Mexican league, you know, and you're part of the other operation. So yeah, for me, for me, both worlds. Yeah. I I think the, um, you should get back to, you know, two or three imports Mm -hmm. regardless. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, man, if you weren't, if you're not Mexican, you're not Mexican and and you have to play as an import. I think the extension of being a pocho, like for me, if I want to go down there and play, I think that's just that my parents are from Mexico. Right. And I'm just one generation away mm-hmm. that I can play as a Mexican. Okay. I think that's fair. Right. But now if my great grandparents are Mexican and I'm third generation American or whatever, right. I don't then I should play as an immigrant. It, it just seems like nowadays, like, oh, you did a twenty three and me, you're fucking five percent Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure they probably <laughs> oh, pulled out one. Yeah, you can play for us, you know, you can wear the red, white, and green, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's I mean I don't think it's too ridiculous. It's not getting out of control. I don't think, or I don't know if you. If you uh, yeah, it's it's getting out of control. I'd say the last it, couple of years it's come to that point. Yeah, I think it comes. Okay. I think now they need to make a change, and there need to be some checks and balances. Okay, but overall, man, that league is uh, both leagues are good. Right, I've had I've had the times of my life down there. That's uh, good, man. That's good. That's good. That's good. Man, that's crazy. You know that uh, this is the first time I've had somebody actually, you know, in that league now. And it's going the day by day operations over there, so that's 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 good. But now I want to talk about, you know, you being a catcher. Mm-hmm. What is it that you that you look for, or I don't want to say that you look for. What is it that open like catches your eye when you're looking at a catcher? And and I mean anybody can say all oh, the pop up, you know, the mm-hmm. arm, whatever. Yeah. What are you looking at? Just for you. For me, it's just like uh, any scout looking at a, any player. Okay. One, it's his actions. And what I mean by that is like, does he look like a player? You know? Okay. The way he dresses. The mannerisms. Yeah, the mannerisms. Okay. The way he dresses, the leadership. Okay. Uh, and that's another thing too. Catcher, got to be a leader. Got to be a leader. I look at um, one of the first few guys 
that when you know i was gone for so long i'm always mm-hmm. in mexico always gone one of the first few times i actually came back to watch high school baseball mm-hmm. was about maybe five six years ago okay and a local kid here who i i work with a little bit but i re- I, I loved him because he reminded me of me right and again i'm not trying to boast but what i mean by that is that i showed up his name is johnny tincher at birmingham yeah, he, he was at Washington. Now, yeah, he's right? at Washington. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think he's probably one of the best defensive catchers in the nation. And another thing is, like you, smaller guy, small dude. And it, and I didn't even look at his size because I couldn't see his size. Okay. The way he threw the ball back to the pitcher, the way he went out in front and said two outs, the way he was kind of commanding his pitcher, gotcha. the way he hustled on the field, hustled off the field. So the first thing that I look for in a catcher is that. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but he has it. He looks like a ball player. He walks like a ball player. He talks like a ball player. He he's in the box as a hitter. He he looks hitterish. He looks aggressive. Right. Um, so as a catcher, what I look for is that pretty much his generalship, his leadership, his energy, uh, how he commands the defense. Now that's the first thing that catches my eye. The next thing is the physical ability. Now how's his hands? How's mm-hmm. his receiving? Is he soft? Mm-hmm. Boom. Does he stick a pitch nice? How is he relating to his pitcher? And then the throw down the second base. Okay. How he blocks a ball, how he gets up from a block, how he gets up from his knees, blocks a ball, and if there's runners on base, how quick does he get to that ball to react? react. So it's, and that's what I mean, that, that baseball, that player instinct. But before that, if I were to see a player, let's say these kids are coming in, they're walking in the dugout, mm-hmm. I watch how he's dressed. How does he wear his uniform? How does he wear his hat? Okay. How does he wear, you know, or what, is, what, what does he do while he's in the dugout? How does he go stretch? Is he out there kind of just messing around, or is he locked in? How you see those Dodger players right before you know, right. ten minutes before the game? Right. They each had they do the same thing every day. If you watch these guys, they have the same routine. So his preparation. So those things to me are what scream at me. Um, now you look at a pitcher. Obviously, you look at his mound presence. How does he stand on the mound? How's he? You know, how does he? How does he have his glove in front of him? Or, you can, and, and a lot of people don't know. You can tell if a pitcher and catcher are are clicking. Yeah, but how oh, yeah. the pitcher, how the pitcher's on the mound too. Mm-hmm. The you know? the their cadence, their rhythm, their tempo. Yeah. Um, if it's fluid, then you know they know what they're doing. Right. But when it's like shake, shake, ball, shake, shake, ball yeah. in the dirt, right? Shake, and you know that yeah. it's so tough to watch. But <laughs> but yeah, so so as a player, as a catcher, sorry, back to your question, right. it's that it's it's does he have the uh the presence. You know the the energy, the and this posture. is even before he throws a ball. Oh, right? before he throws a ball, yeah. How he wears his gear. What's his gear look like? You know, is he wearing a gray mask with a red chest protector and, and blue, you or know, shingles? Does he have it to fit? Does he have the fit right? Yeah. Is it, you know, what kind of glove? You know, how you know? And yeah. not, not, I'm not saying that in terms of like, uh, oh, he has money or he has the, the latest and greatest catcher's gear. No, it's your uniform. Got you right. It's yeah. your tools. Um, so that to me, you know, says a lot about the guy. That's the first thing, and obviously his physical ability or his, you know, his physical. Uh, presence, I guess. Is he right. tall? Is he small? Even I'll never, I'll never rule anybody out that small, because you look at a guy like Dustin Pedroia. Many guys wouldn't look at him, but when they saw Pedroia in the box and he hit a ball, and the way he hustled down the yeah. line, and the way he turned on a base hit, right? Those are the things that I'm talking about. And then you look at maybe a big guy and he lollygags and doesn't hustle. So I would say that that's the first thing you see, and that that's what we call a player. That guy's a player. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he he wants to win. He competes. He, he just hustles right. on and off the field. And and just and just just with that, that's what you want on the team. I mean, he may not be the best player on the team. He might have the talent, but when 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 
he has that body language, that helps the team out too. One hundred percent. It's contagious. Exactly. There you go. Um, that's that's probably the word body language. Okay. That's the first thing I see. Wow. You want to win? You're out here to win. And wish, the, re- the I wish re- my ten year old. Well, ten year old's gonna listen. Ten year old man, he gives that. Like he he's 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 a catcher, and and he's okay, right? Mm-hmm. But like he he he'll, he'll make a bad throw, and he's throwing tantrums. I mean, he's ten years old, fuck. You know? Yeah. He's still ten years old, but I tell him, hey, your body language, man. You can't have that. Yeah, man. you can't show it. You can't show it. Uh, be frustrated inside. Don't don't let it be seen. Or come home to your room, close the door, and then <laughs> do your fucking tantrums. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and the other thing for him, you know, I would tell him like, hey, man. Big leaguers make mistakes. So, you make a bad throw, so what? Okay. At least you made a bad throw. At least right. you made a throw. Okay. I learned that when I was younger, too, where uh, I was always, um, one time I, I, I tried to backpick a guy at second base, and I sailed in in the center field. And I was like, it was embarrassing, bro. Right, it was right. like a ball getting by me. Yeah. And the next inning, the same situation comes up, and I didn't throw the ball on one pitch. And I was like, same thing. It was about internal, like, conversation. You, that guy picked that second, throw the ball, and I was, I was scared. Mm-hmm. But it's like, cares throw it in the center like once you lose that fear of making a mistake john herbal always say that's why they put erasers on pencils you know we're human we're gonna make <laughs> we're gonna make yeah. mistakes man right. <laughs> so i think the <laughs> i think the worst thing for a kid is to fear making mistakes and it, because of the embarrassment or because you're afraid of what dad's gonna say or you're afraid of what your coach is gonna say right i want i want to stress to kids man that it's all right to make a mistake but it's not all right to make an adjustment. And that's what they call errors, not problems. A hundred percent, man. One time it's an error, but if you keep doing it, doing it then yeah, then it's a problem. So then you work on it. And even if you do three, make three throwing errors in a game. I've lost a game where I try to backpick a guy at third and that was a winning run. I thought I was a cool fucking guy over here. And it wasn't the situation. So what I learned was this, you weren't going to get him out. Even if you were going to get him out, that's not the right play gotcha. because that's the winning run. Right. So that's when, when, in life and in baseball, when you make mistakes, that's when you learn and that's when you grow the most. If gotcha. I make a perfect one eight to second base on mm-hmm. the dot every time, I'm not learning anything. I'm good. Right. But now if I rushed a throw because this guy has 80 stolen bases this year mm-hmm. and I throw it into center field, it's like, man, don't rush. You have time. Trust in yourself. You know? So, so that's yeah. where the learning happens. So, I, I, you know, right. you're going to make mistakes. So yeah. what, is, what does a good catcher have to do off the field? Off the field, he yeah. has to study, man. Uh, he, you, have to, you have to know the game. You, okay. you have to know pitching. You have okay. to know catching. You have to know hitting. Okay. You have to, when I say study, you have to know the other team, whoever you're playing, even if you've never seen them before. Mm-hmm. Watch how they take a swing in the on-deck circle. Watch you know, how they stand in the box. Do they stand on top of the plate? Do they stand behind? Do they stand forward in the box or back in the box? Um, you constantly have to study and just download all the information you get to make the best decision, right? So as a catcher, uh, watch as much as you can. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about amateur level or pro level. Well, okay, so let's, let's say... Um, to give you an example. Okay, so my kid now, mm-hmm. uh, freshman, converted catcher. First year, it's going to be his first year full-time catching. He's caught here and there. I mean, I've caught, right? Not at the pro level, of course. But I mean, like everything you're saying, you pay attention to where they're in the box. Mm-hmm. What swing did they, you know, what pitch did they swing and miss at? Right. You know, uh, um, and stuff like that. You know, I I was always looking at that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if this if this is this pitch working for my pitcher today, right? right. You know, he be, he might gonna have a good slider yesterday, but today he's fucking yeah. You know, you got to know what bullets you're gonna be yeah, fighting exactly with. right. So you got to know what to call, when to call it, right? So what what would you tell a freshman, uh, in high school, uh? 
as far as not knowing the team and seeing the battle for the first time? What are you looking for? Okay. So most important, even before that, um, I have to know my pitcher, right? Oh, I have to know okay. what pitches he throws. I need to know his personality. I need to know if he's a guy that I have to, you know, get on. I need to know if that's a guy I have to coddle. So, um, so before that, when you're in the pen with them warming up, do you base the your game plan for that day off the bullpen or no? A little bit. Right. About okay. halfway. Because okay. a lot of times I, I've had guys that throw a bullpen before a game and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> we're going to have a long fucking one, day. <laughs> yeah. Or the other way. Right. Okay. Or I'm like, we're fucking throwing a no-hitter right. today. Let's fucking go. Don't change a thing. Okay. Gets on the mound and can't find the strike, right? Shit. Or he's in the he's in the in the in the bullpen. Right. And he's bouncing shit and he's cutting shit and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a long day, bro. <laughs> then he gets out there and throws a no hitter. And you've heard of those stories. Yeah. Same in BP. You take yeah. the greatest BP of your life in the game you go for four. Four punches. Mm. Or you have a shit BP you can't hit out of the cage, and the next thing you know you go off three bombs. Okay. Four for four, right? So the first thing is is uh knowing your pitcher and and one of the rules as a, as a catcher is um, I want to make those nine hitters adjust to my pitcher. I'll never make my pitcher adjust to nine. Okay, so say that again. Okay, say so again. so I want those nine hitters to adjust to my pitcher and never my pitcher adjust to those nine hitters, meaning each hitter has a tendency, right? Oh, this guy's a good right. low ball hitter. This guy's a good high ball hitter. This guy hits a breaking ball good. This guy hits a fastball good. This guy likes to bunt a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't, at first, even though I know what kind of hitters they are, that is insignificant to me. Right. Because all I'm worried about is if you're my pitcher and you're throwing the fastball on both sides of the plate, mm-hmm. I don't care if he's a good inside ball hitter. If he puts the ball where he needs to, he's not going to be a good hitter. Until he makes the adjustment, then we make the adjustment. Gotcha. So what I want is I want to stress my pitcher's strengths. And I'm never – think about if you have three guns, right? Mm-hmm. You have the, the most powerful gun, the, the decent gun, and the bad gun. Okay. I'm not going to tell you to get your most or your worst gun – because this guy can hit the bullets on the best gun. Gotcha. No, I'm going to go best bullet and see if you can hit it. Gotcha. So, what I, and then going back to that, I want to stick to my pitcher's strengths mm-hmm. and he's not going to adjust to them. We're going to stick to our game plan. If our game plan is we're going to pound the fastball in and the slider away, then we're going to do that and make them adjust to us. Okay. They know what's coming. Right. They can know, but if we execute, they're not going to do anything with it. And this is the thing too, like, like um, you know, when I'm coaching, I'm calling pitches. Hey, coach, the other team hasn't. So what? They still got to fucking hit it. Yeah, let, let, me see him, let me see him get four hits in a row. And you could tell him. But if you execute the pitch, more times than not, you're yeah. going to get him out. Gotcha. You know? Okay. So, so, so for me, I want my pitcher to throw his best. And, and once they make the adjustment, if, if, if I'm throwing first pitch fastball the first, you know, mm-hmm. first way through the lineup and we get nine strikeouts, right. then I go first bat, the next batter again, first pitch fastball, boom, home run. All right. Next hitter, first pitch fastball, boom, home run. Okay, now I have to yeah, make yeah, an adjustment. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not going to give in. At least at the high school level, I'm not going to give in and give them too much credit either. Okay. Never give a hitter too much credit. And the same for hitters. Never give a pitcher too much credit. Right. He could have the deadliest slider, but again, that day, nobody knows he has a blister, so he can't throw it that good. Yeah. So stick to your, stick to your strengths. Stick to your strengths. Okay. Until, until proven otherwise. Okay. So, and, and uh, I don't know, we talked about, you know, you, you heard the, uh, the interview I had with Edgar. Mm-hmm. Um, and something we didn't talk about. I mean, it was, you know, of course we did the podcast yeah. we recorded and we still talked for like another hour after, <laughs> but, uh, he said, he said that, um, my best catcher that I had, and I forget who he said he was, but we talk about the having a good catcher is one that'll, sh- that'll 
like you shake them off you say no they're catching like no you're gonna fucking throw it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like like he gives you curveball you say no nah you're fucking throwing the curveball like the catcher's not gonna let you shake him off because he knows something that you don't or yeah. he's seen something on that pitch yeah from the hitter's eye you know and that's that's a good catcher too you know doesn't mm-hmm. let you shake off the shit you know right well there's there's a there's a fine line like i wouldn't mm-hmm. i would have a sign for my pitcher in that in that case okay right so let's say uh i want to throw a curveball because he moved back so let's say the hitter moved back in the box i see Maybe he's sitting fastball now, right? right? Because he moved back to give him more time. So I go curveball. Mm-hmm. And the pitcher says no. Then I would say something like, on me. Or I would point to my head. Okay. Curveball. Me, or, I just or, keep giving the sign. Or if I emphasize it. <laughs> right. But that's something that's already agreed upon. Right. So I would say, hey, hey, brother, look, if I, if I give you a curve or a pitch, you don't want it. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I give it to you again, there's a reason why. So he already knows going into gotcha. it. But you don't want to do that all the time either, though. Right. No, no. So yeah. now, if I call, if I call, a, let's say uh, another situation, same thing, curveball, mm-hmm. and he says no, and I say curveball, mm-hmm. and he says no, then in, if the situation is so crucial, I call time and I go out and I say, "What are you thinking?" I go, "Why don't you want to throw the curveball?" He goes, "I just, I don't have confidence in it." Okay. Fuck. Well, this guy's a dead red fastball hitter. He goes, "Yeah, but I'm gonna blow it by his ass." So, I, so for me, that trumps whatever the scouting report says yeah. because of the conviction that right. he has in it. Right, 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 right. Because of the belief that he puts behind that pitch. I believe in that. You could throw the 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 the, the wrong pitch right. Okay. Right? Yeah. And still get outs. Got you. Instead of throwing the right pitch wrong. Mm. And then and then like, you know, you you he shook you off and you still had that passion or you had that confidence. No, no, no. Right. If, if, if a pitcher shook me off twice, yeah. then I know he didn't want it. And and for me as a catcher, I never want my pitcher to throw a pitch he doesn't want to throw. Got you. Because he's going to half-ass it, and Got it's going to get hit for a home run. Yeah. Even though I was right with the right pitch, but I was wrong in the conviction part. Right? Or even worse. You because he wasn't it. behind it. He was yeah. like, ah, I'm just a fucking catcher, man. Or fucking rocks. I got to throw this curveball. <laughs> You know, but the, but that that's yeah. you know that's something that's kind of next level stuff as far as like that's something that you've known the guy mm-hmm. for years. You guys have played together, um, but if it's like high school and stuff, I, I don't think it would happen that. But that's more right. like the higher levels. But there it it does happen, yeah. um, and I think it's just about communication, and okay. it's about getting it right. But it, again, at the end of the day, my pitcher has the baseball, and whatever he wants to throw is what is the right pitch. His confidence trumps yours, right? Yeah, and his conviction. Yeah, his confidence, his conviction, and yeah. then that little extra. You know, we call it the little extra fuck you, right? Okay. Sorry for the kids listening. No, that's all right. We're, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a story about that I was told that a pitcher throws a pitch to a certain hitter. The guy hits a home run. Next spring training, same hitter, same pitcher, same pitch. Gotcha. Blows it by the guy. And they asked him, well, what was the difference? He said that second pitch had a little fuck you on it. Meaning I was behind that pitch 100%. Mm. The first pitch I just threw, I didn't really want to throw it, and boom. And that's what happens. And that's yeah. what happens in life. Like, when you try to, like, ah, eh, whatever, it never happens. But when you're convicted in you're like, man, I'm going to get that girl's phone number. I'm going to get it, you know? <laughs> that's funny because uh, we had a – my 10-year-old had a tournament against Brian Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brian Hernandez. Oh, yeah, he, he, played, he played for Tigres. For, yeah, yeah. Years, years before I got there. Right. Um, and, and he has a team out here, a 10-year-old team, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I've gone to his uh, hitting sessions and stuff like that, you know? And we were talking, and I go, hey, my, my kid's going to pitch right now. He's like, all right. So I'm calling pitches, right? And my kid shakes off the catcher. So the catcher gives a sign. He's looking at me again. He just gives a sign, whatever whatever pitch was. My kid serves it up. Boom. Over the fence, right? 
And after that home run, then he starts getting aggressive and he's just like zipping it in there. And he starts hitting his fucking corners and shit like I go, did it really take that home run for you to do that? Yeah. I was like, why didn't you do that the very first pitch when he came on? Right? And I go, I talked to Brian and he goes, he was putting more after the home run. I go, yeah. And he goes, dude, that kid has his first home run since he's been on the team. Wow. I was like, damn, dude, that's crazy, you know? And then he goes, he goes, tell your kid not to worry about it. But tell him not to shake his catcher anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, he yeah. just gave this guy a home run. And then I told him, I was like, why'd you shake out the catcher? He's like, oh, I didn't I have confidence in it. So what yeah. did you throw out to that? He goes, I just threw a fastball down the middle. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, it, was a good, it was a good lesson for him to learn. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's just it goes back to what you're saying, you know, like the the conviction that you have the pitches or the confidence that you have in there, you know. And Yeah, and I think the trust, too. So there yeah. was guys that never shook me because it was years of playing together and okay. they knew that I did my homework. They okay. knew that I had a plan. Um, but in, in, say I, I catch a guy for the first time mm-hmm. and it takes time where he would shake. And I'm like, Oh, fuck, that's the wrong pitch. But I'm going to say, okay, go ahead. you throw your pitch. Boom. Base hit. Then in between innings, you talk about it and you say, the reason why I gave you that pitch was because of this. Oh, so now that trust starts to build. Got you. So most pitchers, I'm not all of them, but most of them, 99% of them don't want to think. They want to. Okay. They want to just get on the mound, compete, and execute. So that's why good defensive catchers are 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 at a high premium. Okay. Because if you're intelligent, you know how to call a game. That's what kept me around in the minor leagues. That's what keeps guys like, uh, you know, a guy like David Ross, the, the backup catcher with the Dodgers, now his manager, right. because he knew that in order for him to be in the big leagues for that long, he had to know how to call a game. He had to know how to handle his pitching staff, because he wasn't a great hitter. But right. he, you know, he could run into some balls. But his thing was defense. Mm. So everybody trusted him. That's why when you get a guy like, let's just say, like Eddie Perez and Mike, uh, Greg Maddox. Yeah. That's right. my catcher. Why? Because he, I love his target. I mm-hmm. love the way he calls a game. He knows what I'm thinking. Yep. And now it's just a hot knife through butter. And good luck. And Santiago. Santiago's a great catcher yeah. for any team. Yeah. For so, reason, and you, know, so. You, you talk to any St. Louis Cardinal pitcher, and they're like, Yachty, amazing. Yachty knows exactly. You shake Yachty, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah no you know shit. what i'm saying yeah no because shit. he know you watch yachty man he's watching this guy i remember uh right. talking to jock one time i was hey bro what's yachty like he goes the most intimidating dude ever he goes i'm on deck and he looks back and he just looks at me and i'm like fuck i'm fucked <laughs> but that's what yachty does yeah. based off his track record right right he right. knows how to pick you apart that's what the the puerto rican team in the wbc like that that's why for me catching is so important man that's why for me, we need to get back to that. Right. When we talk about leadership, right? Mm-hmm. This whole pace of play thing, Yachty takes his mask off and just takes a nice little walk to uh, to the pitcher. Right. Right. No umpire's going to tell him, hey, let's go, hurry up. Nobody. And, and and Yachty, you know, I think there was an incident too where one of the pitchers, I forgot his name, he has blue hair. He was, he was trying to pop off on somebody and, and Yachty grabbed him like, hey. You know, yeah, keep yeah, it cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so those are those things that nobody talks about as a catcher about the leadership, the generalship, mm-hmm. being being the bully back there, being the guy that intimidates hitters. Right. So th- those are the things that I want to bring now, man, to teach these young catchers that that is just as important, if not more, mm-hmm. than stealing a strike. It's more than one dimensional. Got you. You know. So. Okay. So are you okay? So, uh, let's talk about the rock system now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how long, how long you've been, uh, how long has it been official? I know you've been using that system all your life, but, yeah. but like, how long has it been official? And tell me a little bit about it. Like, like what's, give me a week, not even a week, give me a day mm-hmm. 
under the rock system and 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 what's the main goal or what's what's the product that you're looking for when somebody uses rock system so for me you know my philosophy is that is being holistic right okay so if you look at i'm very i'm very deep i'm very i'm a, I'm a thinker uh i love to really take a deep dive into things man so when i look at like any athlete any player i need to know him okay i need to know oliver perez i need to know julio diaz i need to know their dreams their goals i need mm -hmm. to know what they want in baseball i need to know what they want out of baseball so back to that word holistic right okay so rock system for me is a holistic approach to strength and conditioning mm -hmm. but also i need to work your mind and i and i realized that when i when i was started to train oliver in arizona and i suggested we go hiking one day because we would work out monday tuesday thursday friday okay those are strength training days Wednesdays and Saturdays were like our off days. So I was like, hold on, I love hiking. I love getting out there, fresh air. Mm -hmm. You get against nature, you get out on the mountain. And there's times where you go and you're like, and you want to quit, right? So that to me was the mental training. Okay. And part of the mental training was the emotional training. So when I met Ali, he didn't have a lot of confidence in him, man. And, and I don't blame him because of what right, was going on. Yeah, yeah. So, so we would have talks and it was almost like therapy session, right? So I needed to have his mind right before I could get the body right. Gotcha. So rock system goes back to that, okay. where I need to build your body to be bulletproof. And and, and just not it's R O X, not R O X. Okay, yeah, R O X. Okay, just yeah, R O X. It was okay. it was a nickname that my cousins gave me as a kid. Okay, but they their their nickname was Rots with a T. Okay. And then when I got to high school, my sister she was like, "Hey Rots, hey Rots," so and my like and my buddy my buddy Vince Vargas uh, just met him today or met up with him today. He's a he's an actor on the Mayan show and he he's been. You know what, man? You need to tell him I've been trying to get in contact with him. Oh, man. really? He he responded to my DM and stuff like that. Bro, <laughs> that's my dog right okay. there. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so he uh, <laughs> so he was my boy in high school. Okay. And he heard my sister call me Rots. Right. And he was like, "What did she call you?" I go Rots. And he's like, "Rots, man, that's whack." He goes, "I thought she said rocks, like you know, like yeah, R O X." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no. So he started calling me Rocks, and, okay. and 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 Vince was like, he he was he was the playboy man. He was a dude in high school, right? Okay. Played football, baseball, always right. outgoing. You know, he speaks well, and he charisma. Right. And so he called, started calling me Rocks, Rocks, Rocks. So that name stuck. So when I when when I got released and I started working with Ali, I was like, man, all right, I got to come up with a logo. So Rocks, and then my my logo is a Japanese Zen. It's a sign. Okay. It's an Enzo. Okay. And there's a lot of meaning to that Enzo. Mm -hmm. It means, you know, it's, it's class, elegance, you know, the universe, the void. But, but the one thing that it really means is that you get these, um, oh, I forgot what they're called, man. It's a, it's like a Zen. You get a big paintbrush. You dip it in black paint and you go around in a white canvas and you paint that. Okay. Right? So to the degree of which that circle is perfect, mm -hmm. that's how, how centered you are and how calm you are and how in the present moment you are. Gotcha. So the Enzo represents a moment in time where the mind is free to allow the body to create. And wow. if you think about hitting where the mind is out of it, you're just allowing the body to see the ball, hit the ball as a pitcher, a guy throws a hundred miles an hour. What do it feel like? I didn't feel anything. So the mind was free to just let the body create. Right. Right. So, so that was one layer of it rocks with the Enzo boom. So what is my philosophy? What is Nike's philosophy? What is, you know, uh, Jordan Jumpman philosophy. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you associate logos with things, it's like, what comes to mind? So for me, it was that. And then that's, I approach my strength training to that. So I got to get your body bulletproof. What do you put in your body? Nutrition, hydration. I need to get quality water. I need to get quality food. What is food? Mm -hmm. 
not lucky charms that's not food right right so then i got to cover the mental what is your dream how good do you want to be how good of a baseball player do you want to be what's your dream d1 you want to play junior college you want to be a big leaguer how many years you have to be specific my my problem was when i got there i always told you i was going to get to the big leagues mm-hmm. i didn't say i was going to play in the big leagues so you got to be very specific with what your your intention is right so then i take that right the mental the emotional can you control your emotions when you get mad do you know how to just harness that within so that's the holistic approach to rock system okay so I, i'm training a kid now at rubio armenta he's a he's with the phillies a prospect with the phillies hopefully man god willing he makes it to the big leagues this year okay so i have to break him down he's a young kid 22 so emotionally you know he's kind of up here so i got to knock him down a little bit physically he's a strong kid 63 left-hander rolls hard mm-hmm. so physically i just got to kind of just mold him up a little bit mentally what do you want well, i want to pitch in the big with who for how long like you have to be specific, specific. right okay. so then we address all that and then boom we work it so every day you know you come like let's just say a typical day say we go hiking that day uh, we go to Griffith, mm-hmm. you know, we meet up, we warm up, get the body loose, get the mind right. How many miles are we doing today? Three miles. All right, cool. What's our pace? So it's very detailed. Right. And and that's what I learned throughout the years working with Oliver, working with Julio, working or or just watching the David Wrights of the world, the Jose Reyes of the world, the Carlos Beltrans and how they work and how meticulous they are about everything. So gotcha. I take the same approach to me as a trainer, as a coach, as a catcher to his pitcher. Ah, I see. Right? I see. So that's the formula that I know, and then I just apply it to baseball, or I apply it to the training. I apply it to the food. Gotcha. You know, what's your fuel? So it's a lot of responsibility, man. It's not easy. Right. You know, to, and, and I have high standards, um, and I hold every athlete to high standards. And, you know, one thing about Oliver Perez, kind of, I didn't mention that. So when we started working together, his dream was to be the firstborn Mexican to play 20 years in the big leagues. His dream, part of it, was to get 10 years of service time and to, to have more seasons than Fernando Valenzuela, which was one of his idols. Okay. We set out to do that, and we accomplished it. He accomplished it. Same thing with Julio. What is your dream? I want to be the best left-handed pitcher. I want to win a World Series. I want to be an all-star. I need to know that as right. a trainer so that I can program myself. So th- those, those dog days of training, yeah. I don't give a shit. I got to show up. You know, so it's a, it's, a, it's a relationship. So as a trainer, it's not just, hey, man, uh, you're going to do 20 squats. You're going to do this, right? Here's your protein shake. Get the hell out. Right. You, who's next? No, it's not about that. Oh, uh, if you did it, you did it. In the, if you did it, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with the kid in, in Tigre, uh, with uh, Cancun. Right. Hey, mijo, donde eres? Los mochis. How old are you? What's your dream? What do you want to do? And we have to lock that in. It, that was more like a son-father relationship. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, man, it was, and that's what Rock System is, is mind, body, spirit, or mental, emotional, physical. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Check is 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 a the godfather for me of holistic health. Okay. Uh, I did a certification under him, which is a, a holistic lifestyle coach level one. He talks about the four doctors: the doctor diet, doctor quiet, doctor movement, doctor happiness. And it goes right. back to those four, right? Right. Doctor diet: what are you eating? What are you drinking? Doctor quiet: how well are you recovering? How well you're sleeping? How's your sleeping pattern? Uh, doctor movement: what's your exercise movements like? Your patterns. Are you training to be a pitcher? Are you training to be a bodybuilder? Whatever the case may be. Mm. Your, your plan has to be structured based off your performance and what you're trying to do out on the pitcher's mound, behind the dish, or wherever. And then the last thing is doctor happiness. What makes you happy? What is your dream? Uh, when you're not pursuing your dream, is happiness your family? What brings you comfort? What can we do to keep you happy so that you're comfortable enough to achieve the other four? Got you. How are you calling them out on that? I observe, man. I observe, and you can't fool you can't fool anybody. 
Or you can fool, what is it? You can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Right. So for me, it's, I have a conversation with them, man to man. It's like, hey, look, I, I've, they've had, I've worked with people that it didn't work out because they didn't have the same philosophy I did. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just, they, it just didn't happen, right? Okay. Um, but I sit there and I tell them what I want out of them, what I hold myself to. You know, there was times where I spent Christmas and New Year's in Culiacan, not with my family, because I wanted to be great on what I do. And I wanted to be great for Oliver. I wanted to be great for Julio. Mm. When I met, you know, when Oliver had his first daughter, we made a promise, like, I'm busting my ass for her so that her daddy can be somebody that she can be proud of. And then we go back, you know, in December, and we had a retirement party, and she gave one of the most beautiful speeches ever to him. And I know that, you know, that shit hits me, bro. Yeah, right. But I know those are those things that we work for. So you're like, you're you're (laughs) investing, not, I mean, not only is that person investing in themselves, but you're investing into them as well, you know, and yeah, with, sacrificing with them. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a two way street. Gotcha. I invest in you, and you invest in me. They, they, you know, they pay me a lot of money, um, mm-hmm. but it's 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 my responsibility to make sure that they get their money's worth. Right. And, it, and then same thing. You invest in me, I make you millions. And not only that, but we're creating something bigger. It's not always about money. Okay. But it's about it's about glory. It's about setting out a goal. It's about mm-hmm. accomplishing a goal. And then I look at all the families that I affect. I look at you know. Ali went from being booed in Culiacan to and having one of the most beautiful that, his hometown, like his hometown to, oh. to having one of the most beautiful retirement. Uh, um, what would you call it? Like a, an homage, an homage, right. an homenaje, right? To retired number. Now he's a, now he's he's up there with you know Julio Cesar Chavez with Fernando Valenzuela. Right. Twenty years in the big leagues, only Latin American born player to play twenty in the league, bro. Shit. Just the kid from from Culiacan, Sinaloa. First big leaguer from that city, there was a responsibility there for him. I knew all this. I have to know all this right. in order for me to dive in that deep and say, I don't care what the news says. It's dangerous in Mexico, mm-hmm. Culiacan. I don't care, bro. I'm, and I want to be great, too, because I have a family to be proud right. of and to be proud of me. So it's, it's, very, it's very deep, man. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's, something, that's something that not a lot of uh, – I don't have a blueprint. You know, I'm kind of learning on the fly. Okay. But it's something that, uh, you know, it's, it's what I fight for, and this is what I want. This is what I was chosen to. Right. You know, I, I'm a believer in God, and I believe there was no coincidence, coincidences in, in this whole journey. No, I'm, I'm a firm believer of that, too. Mm-hmm. Things happen for a reason. Yeah. Things happen for a reason when you least expect it. Though. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, and I know this is, this is about you and your system right now, but I'm going to give you a quick, quick, quick story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, family went to Vegas where it gets We're coming back. I like to leave early in the mornings. I like to leave Vegas early, early yeah, in the morning. Yeah, you got to get out. <laughs> Fuck the traffic. Yes, I want to get home to my house early. Right? I don't like to come late, whatever. I'll say, hey, we're leaving at 5 in the morning. Wife is mad, pissed. Why are we leaving so early? Why? <laughs> we're fucking leaving at the time, aren't okay? But before we leave the state line, we're going to go get something to eat. At state line. Get a breakfast. Whatever. No. Fuck that. This, this, that. I'm getting shit from everywhere, right? <laughs> so I forced it. I said, we're going to fucking Denny's. And I don't care. You guys can stay in the fucking car. I'm going to go get a fucking breakfast and you guys wait for me in the car mm-hmm. or whatever. Guests can leave, whatever. So we're, we're going to Denny's, right? Family's pissed. I'm happy because I'm getting my breakfast really early. While we're eating breakfast, bro, two booths over, kid is having a seizure. Oh, wow. Right? And, and um, I, w- I was in the military. They teach you first aid. Right, mm-hmm. so I, I I see nobody moving. Like, fuck, so I go over there. 
and it looked like he was choking on his food. I'm like, shit. I run over there, he's having a seizure. I grab him, put him on the side, make sure he's not choking on any food. He's still breathing, he's just having a seizure. Put him to the side, make sure, you know, doesn't choke, choke on vomit, doesn't choke on spinach, like that. You know yeah. what I'm I just went into fucking straight active, like reactive mode, right? Yeah. And uh, everything happened. Mom gave me a hug. Kid was okay. Ambulance showed up and this, this, and that. And my suegro was with us. He goes, God was fucking, you know, God, God was telling you. You yeah, go, you no fuck, matter what, there was no stopping. You need to go to fucking Denny's yeah, at this at, moment, at that fucking yeah, time. Yeah, man. This is going to fucking happen, bro. Wow. So, so shit like that, you know, like, I know that's shit happens for a reason. I didn't care that my family was mad at me. I didn't give a shit. Something, yeah. something was driving me to fucking go fucking have breakfast. <laughs> even at that time. Yeah. Because, you know, because maybe because of that, whatever right. the case may be. But, yeah. I mean, I know it's probably coincidence and shit like that. But me, I was a firm believer that mm-hmm. things happen for a reason. And, like, for you, you know, like you say. From th- things happen for a reason. You you want to start this rock system for that. Mm-hmm. You know, God is telling you, or whatever the powers that may be, you know, is telling you, hey, you need to work with this guy because he's gonna do big things. Yeah, you know, so stuff like that. So. Even even uh, <clears throat> when I was in I was in Miami one day after the the All Star game at City Field. Remember when Matt Harvey started? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. it was 2014. Right. Uh, I went down, or I went up there with George Lopez. We got a blast, man. Okay. George is a good boy, man. Shout out to El Mas Chingon. <laughs> and I go down to Miami. And so this was like where Rock System was like really formulated. That's how I got my logo right around that time. And I was like, okay, I'm running with this. This is right. me. Okay. I'm going to be a trainer. I'm going to be a healer, whatever. I want to help people. There's something in me that just called for that, right? And I realized that ba- playing baseball wasn't, that was just a stepping stone to something bigger. Right. So that was all the mind shit that I was fighting okay so i go to miami go to the spiritual store it was called the the seventh chakra i believe mm-hmm. and i walk in and i'm like man i have a good feeling like it just felt good right right, right i'm right. very spiritual man i'm very into like you know other dimensions and things okay. like that of like you know like you said no coincidences right so i meet i meet the lady at the front and she goes oh can i help you and i was like i was just you know just kind of looking around i loved all this stuff i'm just now getting into it and she goes something about you and i was like what she goes, do you work with athletes? I was wow. like, how'd you know? She goes, I can feel your energy. And she was, so, so we ended up talking. Yeah. She goes, yeah, I work with uh, Chris Bosch of the Miami Heat. She goes, he's all into that, and I'm a healer. She goes, I'm not going to ask you yet, but I'm, come here. I want to show you something. Mm-hmm. So she goes to this little, uh, you know, little bookcase thing, a bookshelf, and then she goes, you know where the Arcangeles are? I go, no, I've never heard of them. She's never heard of Arcangel. Uh, she named them all off. Right. She grabs a book and she goes, oh, look, this is Arcangel Rafael. And I go, oh, what, what does that mean? She goes, oh, he's a healer. She goes, what's your name? Thanks. And I started <laughs> laughing, bro. Like, are you kidding me? Dude, I was like, what the fuck? I go, my name's Rafael. She goes, yeah, I knew that. She goes, this book's for you. So I started reading it. Okay. And Arcangel Rafael means the healer of God. It means a healer or a messenger. Right. And when she told me you work with that, she goes, I know, she goes, I know, she knew all that, right? She, whatever that special gift is. Mm-hmm. And when she gave me that book, man, I left Miami and I go, boom, this is it. So that's when I hit the logo. I started okay, rock you system, started in. writing, what is your purpose? What is my mission statement? Mm-hmm. This is my business. This is what I'm going to do. The Enzo, everything made sense. I read that book, man. And it was like, yeah. So in a sense, you know, I think women are true healers, but I think, People like me, like an archangel, right. I'm, a, I'm a catalyst, right? Okay. I spark things. I spark an interest in you to create a reaction. 
Right. That's why I consider myself like, what do you do? And it's funny because like, what are you? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you do? Right. I do everything, man. I don't know. I don't know what I do. You know, like I can, I can be, you know, your therapist. I could be your healer. I could be your trainer. I could be your catching coach. I could be your hitting coach. I could be your pitching coach. But that book, man, changed my life because it made me realize that like, that's who you were put here to be. Gotcha. And it made me lose that ego of like, man, you know, I miss baseball. Do I miss baseball? No, I hate baseball. You know, that whole right, thing. Right, 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 right. So that's when I was sold 100%. And since then, man, it's been great. That's good. And man. that's why, like, all the success. Yeah. You know, and then nothing's been easy. Uh, nothing in life is easy, man. I, you know, a lot of people probably do see I get to travel. I get to live in Mexico. I get to right. go to the beach. But it came with a lot of hard work. And not just my work, but my, my dad's work, my grandparents' work. So I think for me, you know, to kids, it's like you have to know where you come from. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about the valley and giving right. back and the camp that we're going to have. For me, like, nothing, we're not going to leave with anything but we can leave a footprint here. You know, exactly. what's going to be your footprint? Will they, you know, will they speak about you? When right. they speak of you, will they speak well or not? So, you know, that's what Rock System is, is to create a, a program, however, whatever you want to call it, a strength, you know, conditioning thing, diet. I work with anybody and anybody that wants to work. Okay. You know, if you want to help yourself, I'm here to help you. So from an eight-year-old kid, an eight-year-old catcher to, a, you know, 60-year-old grandma, it don't matter. So I'm just here to, you know, just try to help and be that catalyst in anything. Yeah, man, that's good. Yeah. That's good, man. What is up, guys? It's your boy, Agent Beta with the Agent Beta Realty Group. Just giving you a quick real estate update. Heads up, in the last 30 days, we've closed 10 deals, and 50% of them have received credits towards their closing costs and their purchase of their new home, second or third home. Why? Because who you work with matters. Contact me, 818-482-9505, 818-482-9505, or DM me on IG at Agent Ubeda. Peace. So um, where can we find you, um, the Rock System? Where can we find you? on? Of course, on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram, uh, rocks underscore system. Okay. And then same on uh, Twitter, rock system. Twitter, I'm a little more. Twitter, to me, is like a, it's a funny, it's like a big group chat. Yeah. I don't yeah, take, yeah, I don't, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll tweet yeah, some got, stuff. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, too. But, not yeah. That much, yeah. but uh, rock, rocks underscore system on Instagram. Uh, I'll post anything from, you know, health, nutrition, mm-hmm. to exercises, catching stuff, pitching stuff, and just my journey in baseball. Okay. I have a personal account, too, that's rocks arroyo, okay. uh, R-O-X, arroyo 58. And that's just kind of like the personal stuff, you know. Right. When I'm, you know, on nice beaches and in Cancun, just to, you know, I don't do it to to make anybody mad, but I just want to inspire people, man. Yeah, like, that's look, just, that's just another day of the office, man. <laughs> come, come visit me, man. <laughs> no, nah, you know, obviously thankful to to the yeah. Valenzuela family for giving me that opportunity. Oh, that's good, man. And I want to make them proud, man. And, and as Toro told us, he said, I want to give Mexican players more of an opportunity. I took that to heart, and yeah. I want to give these Mexican players the best that I've learn in the states from the mets from you know all that because they don't have a structure down there so if i can give that to them then that's what we want man i just want you know i want everybody to be big leaguers but more than anything there's something within me that i want to help mexican players you know get more of a little bit of respect and love got you yeah 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 yeah. okay cool man cool man i'm I'm definitely gonna uh think about it you know Mm -hmm. i'm interested in that because you know both of my boys being catchers and, and and just what you're gonna bring to it you know yeah your 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 foundation behind it you know or not on behind it, but under that yeah i've been i've been blessed man i've been very blessed to you know the journey and yeah. then get to you know talk catching with a lot of you know formidable big league guys gotcha. that that you know like i said it's my first passion man yeah, yeah, yeah and i think every winning team if you look at every winning team in the world series or any winning team in general 
they have a good catcher. Good catcher. That's the quarterback of the ball club. You're right. Um, and I think it's kind of a lost art with, you know, with that side mm-hmm. of it. So uh, instead of stealing strikes, I think we need to, you know, steal more victories and, and lead guys and mm-hmm. help pitchers out, help defense. So And it seems like a lot, a lot of catchers uh, turn out to be good managers too. So Yeah, because of the same thing. We're, right. very, we're very analytical, man. Right, we, right. we have to think of every situation possible, um, you know, before and after. We have to always think two pitches ahead, mm-hmm. think about the scoreboard, what, you know, what's this guy doing, but that's why. Yeah. And we're the only ones on the team that's kind of a hybrid. Pitchers usually hate hitters. Hitters hate pitchers. But mm-hmm. we're catchers. We're both hitters and pitchers. Gotcha. You know, we're the yeah, only yeah, ones yeah. that can bridge that gap. Right. You know, so it's funny because I was more of a pitcher than I was a hitter, and that's why the numbers showed. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know that perfect balance. That's what uh, cool. that that's that's the golden uh, the key. All right, man. All right. Well, I know we said an hour, but <sighs> man, we could go for days. Yeah, man. I know, man. <laughs> this, this is great, man. I appreciate. Sorry for being so long. No, 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 no. You know, sorry. No, no apologies. Not on my end, of course. Right. You know. And I'm pretty sure the listener, um, then you know, of course, you know, if they love the game, if they love, you know, what what this podcast is about, then and of course they're gonna grow to love what you got going on too. So yeah, that, that's great. And I want to thank Alex Abeda for putting yeah, this together. Yeah, big shout man. out, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, the, the big agent Abeda and the Beta team there. So, <laughs> uh, I told man. him the, he's got to look for a house for me in in Mexico. Yeah, hey, he, he'll do it too. He'll yeah. fucking. He'll, <laughs> He'll make it happen. We gotta get we gotta get one in Mazatlan and one in uh, Cancun. Wow, he'll make it happen, bro. He'll, he, if I know Alex, he's driven too, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Shout out to him too. But thanks, hey, rocks, Rafa, however you want to be called, man. But thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. You coming to my house and to my studio, my humble studio, and and just talking baseball, man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, and, thank and, you, Juan. I appreciate it, brother. And good luck to you on on, on the rock system and your career out there in Los Tigres and Mexico and and. And I want to see uh, more uh, opportunities for Mexicanos and and you know Mexican Americans that are you know that don't make it here get a chance to go over and yeah. get it out there too. So that's yeah. another thing too. So as they say, man, primero dios. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Thank you, Rafa. Thank you, brother. Okay. Appreciate it. All right, thank you, listener, once again for uh, sticking uh, through the two hours. But uh, you know, you can watch us on Instagram, uh, listen to us on YouTube, and look out for the Rock System. Hopefully you sign up for that camp and and just follow Rocks Arroyo58 on Instagram. And uh, don't forget to follow me too, Instagram. It's not Street Talkers PC. Thank you, listener. We're out.